I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And good morning, we welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the winning of the lost and the edification of God's saints. Gospel Dynamite is a ministry of Asbury Baptist Church located at 218 Asbury Church Road, Seagrove, North Carolina. I invite you to visit our church on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. You're also invited to visit our website, www.asburybaptist.org. In addition, you can reach more messages and more Bible teaching on gospeldynamite.org as well. Now will you join me in studying the Word of God? You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. We continue in our Revelation study. Today we're in Revelation chapter 18, verses 1 through 24. Because of time, we are unable to read 24 verses, but today we will read verses 1 through 10 and make reference to all the chapter. Today we deal with the destruction of economic Babylon. Revelation 18 verse 1 through 10. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you. And double unto her, double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. She shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her, and they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. 
In our last study, we considered the destruction of religious Babylon. The Bible paints a horrific picture of the end of all false religion. One day, every belief system in the world that bypasses the Lord Jesus Christ will be utterly destroyed and will cease to exist. That will be a devastating day for Satan and his followers, but it will be a glorious day for the God of heaven and for his son, Jesus. Now, while chapter 17 reveals the demise of ecumenical Babylon, this chapter reveals the doom of economic Babylon. In verses 1 and 2, a mighty angel shining with the glory of heaven appears on the scene. And this angel comes to announce the condition and the condemnation of this world's economic system. Mankind will not only be deprived of the religion he created, he will also suffer the loss of the wealth he craves. Nothing seems to devastate people more than destitution. Take away a man's money and you can always see his reason for living. That was the case in 1929 when the stock market crashed and October 29, 1929 became known as Black Tuesday. When the stock market crashed, the world was plunged into the Great Depression. Over the next few years, the economic structure of the U.S. economy was nearly destroyed. Over 9,000 banks closed their doors between 1930 and 1933. Production in the U.S. manufacturing plants came to a screeching halt, leaving millions unemployed. Many thousands lost their homes to foreclosure. Many others lost their health to malnutrition. And all across the nation, people waited in soup lines for their meals. All across the, the nation, hobo jungles and Hoovervilles sprang up. The hobo jungles were places near train yards where the hobos who traveled the country on freight cars set up camp. Hoovervilles were shanty towns filled with shacks made from crates and other cheap materials. They were named after President Hoover, who received much of the blame for the economic conditions of the times. People who lived through this dark and difficult time were changed forever by the hardships that they faced and they suffered. The economic disaster that's talked about in 1929 seems like nothing when it's compared to what's coming in the future. This economic disaster will be worldwide in its scope, and it will take away mankind's favorite God, money. Our money has the words, in God we trust, printed or stamped on every piece. For far too many, the God they trust is, in fact, the very piece of money they hold in their hands. We've already considered the destruction of the one world religious system that will dominate the end times. In this study, we consider the one world economic system that will dominate the world and that will crash. I call your attention to verses 2 through 8 as we see a system corrupted. Now verse 2, we see the angel tells us about the spirit behind the system. It will be a system energized 
and controlled by demons and evil spirits. It will be utterly vile and corrupt. We look at our world today and we think that it can't get a whole lot worse than, than what it is. But what this verse describes is a world that has literally gone to Satan. My friends, things can get worse and they will. The Babylonian system will seduce the entire world, according to verse 3. Kings and merchants will all tie their futures to what happens in this economic boom. Billions of dollars will be made as the wealthy people of the earth give everything they have to get their hands on all that they can get. We live in a world that's obsessed with money. How many of us have sat around and imagined what we would do if we had millions of dollars? How many are spending money they don't even have buying lottery tickets to try and get rich quick? How many always have some type of scheme cooking in their head that's going to make them rich? The love of money is the greatest corrupter of mankind ever conceived, according to the word of God, 1 Timothy 6 and 10. Money in and of itself is not evil, but when a person loves money to the point that it controls their life, their lifestyle, their mind, their thoughts, their actions, it becomes evil. In verses 4 through 8, we see the angel is preparing to pronounce God's judgment upon this corrupt system. But before he does, he calls for God's people to avoid being caught up in the wickedness of that hour. The angel calls for the people of God to reject the system and the sins of this system. And God expects his people to come out of the world system and be different, 2 Corinthians 6 and 17. And he expects us to be motivated by a different set of values. We will never win the world by being like the world. We impact the world the most when we separate from their ways and we allow them to see Jesus Christ living through and in our lives having made a difference in our walk. Notice with me in verse 5. The sins of this system have reached unto heaven. The word reached means to glue, it means to cement, it means to fasten together. The ancient Tower of Babel failed to reach the heavens, but the sins of this system have succeeded in reaching the throne of God. God in his patience has held back his judgment. Now, the sins of Babylon come up in the remembrance of God and the day of his judgment has arrived. We see in verse 6, her doom. The word reward in verse 6 means to pay a debt. It means to give back that which is due. Babylon has much sin that she is about to be punished for. 
Her sins have been doubled and her punishment will be doubled as well. You never get away with it. Never get away with sin. Galatians 6, 7 tells us that we always reap what we sow. The problem with this sowing and reaping business is that we always reap more than we sow and later than we sow. Many people think that they're going to get away with it, but they're not. There come a reaping day and the reaping will far exceed the sowing. Verse 7, we see her deception. This system glorifies itself. It thinks it is so powerful and so glorious that it is above sorrow and judgment. The Babylonian system is about to learn a harsh lesson. Lots of people have the same attitude about their lives. They think they're safe. They think they will never be judged. God has a word for people with that attitude. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 3. When they shall say peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. They shall not escape. Verse 8, we see her destruction. Her power, her glory, her pride will not stave off the judgment of God. Her destruction will be swift and sure. And one day, all that man has built over thousands of years will come crashing down to absolutely nothing. Judgment will come, and there will be no escape. That is a settled fact. Also in verse 8, we see her destroyer. God makes promises, not threats. This system has defied his word, defiled his ways, and he will come in judgment, and none will be able to stay his hand or stop his purposes. He is able to judge the world, and none can stop him. Again, in verses 9 through 20, we see a system considered. When the Babylonian economic system is judged, the entire world is plunged into grief. The world cries, alas, alas, as they realize that their wealth and power is gone. Notice how the different groups react to the fall of Babylon. Verses 9 and 10, you see the monarchs of the earth and all the leaders of the nations of the earth who have risen to power and prosperity on the backs of the system now mourn over her destruction. Every economy of every nation on the earth will crash to the ground in this moment of time. And the crash of this system will be accompanied by the wailing and the weeping of the rulers of the world. Verses 11 through 17, you see the merchants of the earth. The merchants are the businessmen, the CEOs of these great businesses in the world. And in an instant, their financial empires are brought 
to, dis, to desolation. They weep. They mourn because no one has any money with which to buy their goods in verse 12. All of a sudden, all their goods, which were worth so much, in verses 13 and 14, are worth absolutely nothing. Verse 12 tells us that the luxuries of life are out of reach. Houses, cars, jewelry, other fine things of life that represent wealth is, will be unobtainable. Verse 13 tells us the basic necessities of life will be impossible to obtain. Spices, bread, meat, and other foods will be out of reach of every man. Verse 14 tells us that the exotic things that men long for will be taken away as well. Notice the list. The first item is gold in verse 12. The last item is the souls of men in verse 13. This reveals where the world system places its priority. It elevates profits over people. This system has built its power and gained its prosperity through oppression and enslavement of the common man. And God says those days are over. Verses 15 through 17 shows the formerly wealthy merchants weeping over the destruction of the city. They have witnessed the devastation of the world's economic system and they're shattered by what they've seen. My friend, we live in a country and we live in an hour where anything we want is readily available and most people in our society are able to afford just about anything they want. People talk about the economic downturn in, in our country, but you can't prove it by the parking lots of Walmart. People still have plenty of money. Doesn't seem how doesn't seem no matter how high gas goes, you still see people on the road. But my friend, this will change one day. The money of the world will be worth nothing. God's will will be done. Goods will be unavailable. They'll cease to be available. The world will be brought to its knees by the destruction of economic Babylon. Verses 17 through 19, we see the mariners of the earth as well. All the people who made a fortune carrying the goods produced by this system mourn when they see its destruction. Their source of wealth is taken away and they're left destitute. All hope of profit and prosperity gone in an instant. Verse 20, the multitudes of heaven consider her. While earth weeps over the fallen of Babylon, heaven worships. This system has been responsible for the death and destruction of many of God's people. And now this system is judged and heaven is filled with joy. It's an interesting time to observe heaven's perspective concerning the events of earth. 
What brings sadness to the hearts of earthly men brings shouting to the hearts of heavenly men. One day, we will have a heavenly perspective and we should pray that God would give some of that to us today. Finally, we see in verses 21 through 24, a system condemned. These last few verses bring the judgment of economic Babylon to a conclusion. We see in verse 21 that her condemnation is characterized. A mighty angel cast a millstone into the sea. A millstone was a huge round stone used to grind grain. And a typical millstone was around four to 500 feet in diameter and about a foot thick. Stone of that nature would sink to the bottom of the sea. It wouldn't float back to the surface. The stone is used to illustrate the judgment that's coming upon Babylon. Babylon will be destroyed. It will never rise to power ever again. This is what Jeremiah prophesied many years ago in Jeremiah 51 verse 64. Thou shalt say, Thus shall Babylon sink, and shall not rise from the evil that I will bring upon her. And they shall be weary. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. The judgment of Babylon will be sudden, swift, and sure. It is also a judgment that is forever settled. In verses 22 and 23, we see her condemnation completed. When Babylon is judged and ceases to exist, her passing will also signal the passing of life as the world knows it. There will be no more music, verse 22. Music's always been associated with happiness and joy, but there will be no reason for rejoicing. Music will cease. There'll be no more manufacturing in verse 22. People have always been industrious. Man has always found a way to work with his hands, provide for his family. Man's, man works because he has hope for the future. When Babylon falls, all hope for the future is vanished with her. There'll be no more merriment. In verse 23. The light of a candle speaks of habitation and home. A light in the window of a home suggests happiness, hope, family at home. All of these are taken away when Babylon falls. The homes of the world will be plunged into darkness and despair. Verse 23, there'll be no more marriages. No longer will love bring hopeful couples to an altar to exchange their vows. There'll be no more beautiful brides in their white dresses. There'll be no more nervous grooms in their tuxedos. There'll be no flower girls, no ring bearers, no wedding bells. Weddings are times filled with hope and happiness. A couple meets at the altar, their hearts are full, and their hope is ready to, to start their future together. They begin the relationship with great expectation. But my friend, when Babylon falls, there will be no more love, no more marriages, no more hope for the future. Verse 23 and 24, we see her condemnation contemplated. The system is judged because she stood for everything God was against. 
the system was domineering. A few got rich while the rest suffered in verse 23. This system was deceptive as well from verse 23. People were led to believe that salvation was in achieving riches and success, and that's the lie of Satan himself. It's better to have none of this world's goods than for this world's goods to have you. Listen to the word of God. Proverbs 11 and verse 4, Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. Proverbs eleven twenty eight, He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. This system, according to verse 24, was deadly. The Babylonian system has been responsible for the deaths of many of God's precious people down through the ages. In fact, most of the faithful martyrs that have been killed have been sacrificed on the altar of power and profit. My friend, in closing, this world economic system that has caused so much pain is going to be destroyed one day. My advice to you is to be sure that your treasure is in the right place. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you place the eggs of your life in the basket of this world, they're all going to be broken one day. My friend, have you met Jesus Christ? If the Lord Jesus were to return for his church today, would you be taken in the rapture or would you be left behind? If you're left behind, you need to know that you will be left to endure the tribulation period. You will be suffering the hardships like no other, nothing that you can ever imagine, and eventually you will die, and eventually you will die, and you will go to hell. That doesn't have to be your future. You can be saved and made ready for heaven right now if you will come to Christ. He will save your soul. He died to redeem you, and if you'll come to Christ, he will not turn you away. Come to him today. He will be the greatest decision you ever made in your life. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you, and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.